Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 444. Today we're going to talk about the Bloody Inn, and this is a very interesting game. Let's start with the theme: is each player is a caretaker at an inn, and then as the guests come in and stay for the night, you may or may not. Uh, murder them and then take their money. <laughs> so that is the object of the game is actually to get the most money. Now you can also hire these guests to actually help you uh, with these murders and also maybe they will also set up shop in town. Uh, the cards that you're going to use, uh, it is a card game, they're going to be dual purpose. You can, you know, you can kill them and take their money based on how much money they're worth. You can take them in your hand, recruit them, use them to create different buildings if you play them in front of you. So a very wonky sort of theme. Uh, very hilarious. So, uh, I will kind of spoil that part of it. Um, but let's take a look at how the game actually works and then I'll tell you more what I think of it. Now, The Bloody Inn is from Pearl Games, being distributed in the, in the United States anyway by Asthma Day. Uh, they always do pretty wonky games and they have usually very unique and distinct uh, looks to their games. And this one is definitely no question. Okay, so here you can see most of the components in the game. You've got this money track here. And I've had this set up for three players. So each player has a disc in their color and they'll start on the $5 spot because you can lose money in this game and then you'll take keys so there's different keys of different colors here uh, you'll take one of each character or player and put one out in their color and depending on the number of players you have a certain number of these out and also these neutral ones here now each player is also going to start with a check of ten dollars now one thing to note about the game is once you start to get money up here towards 40 you're going to need to take an action to pass and actually cash in your money and then come back down uh, this is called laundering money so there is actually a cap if you were here at 40 and gained i don't know 20 dollars, you're not going to get any of it because you know there's a limit there now there is a variant you can actually play without it uh, i played that and i played it with it I'll tell you in the review which one I like more. Now one player will get the start player card. And just a quick note, this is kind of interesting. Uh, we have just made fun of this character. Uh, we assume this is sort of the guy that we sent out to actually commit the murder or something because he looks pretty, I don't know, he looks pretty weird. Uh, it's the same on both sides. And if they ever do a second edition, it would be kind of funny if they had like the same character, but in sort of more, uh, you know, traditional or uptight garb. And maybe he's sort of the, the doorman at the end, you know, inviting these guests in. And then at night he becomes this guy, uh, because you do get two actions on your turn and then this will move al along and the next player will go first. And then you'll clear out any cards here. Uh, anyway, that's silly, but each player also gets a player aid card. It shows you the actions you can do. And this actually counts as an annex. And you see this little building here, it's a level one or rank one annex. And the annexes are gonna be where you're actually burying the bodies sort of under these different buildings. So everybody starts with one building that they can bury bodies. And then each player will also get two of these peasants. And any peasants that you play, you'll actually discard them for actions. will go here and you can retrieve them later. So these are the two peasants, there's male and female. There's no difference in terms of gameplay. So you'll start with those. And then the first player will take cards from here and then put them into any of the open rooms. And these are any of the rooms that with keys. And so the variant they give you to sort of play your first game is just kind of randomly deal them out in sort of number order. And I would definitely recommend that. And I might even just recommend that in general, but there are some times when you need to be considered about where these different guests are coming into play for sure. Uh, We'll talk about that more later. So once you have the guests out here, and again, this is a three-player game, then you'll start to be able to take actions. Now, the first thing you can do is recruit. And whenever you do an action, the main thing that you're going to look at here is the rank. So you see that's a rank three. 
And then this one here, this monk, is a rank one. If you will notice here, these peasants also have a rank, a rank of zero. And some of these other guests here that come in also have a rank of zero. And that is always gonna be the cost whenever you wanna do any of these actions. So if we wanted to recruit this monk, remember he had his rank of one, we'd have to discard one card. If it's a peasant, we'll discard it there and we'll take him into our hand. Now, one interesting thing that you can do, let's take this peasant back and let's say we had this guy in our hand from a previous turn. Let's say we wanted to recruit this guy. So you can see he's a rank three, which means that normally we'd have to discard three cards. And so we would discard these two peasants, but this guy has got this little money symbol. And so that means when you use him for a recruit action, you actually will get him back in your hand. You still need to have him. So we'll discard these two and get this one back into our hand. And now we've recruited this guy. So you can see how a little bit this can have a nice little sort of a snowball effect. And all of these different uh, characters, well not all of them, but most of them have sort of a special ability that they're good at. So if you were to say, um, in this card, this guy, maybe to recruit this monk here, these guys will go to the exit pile here, the discard pile, but the peasants always go back there to get refreshed. So you can recruit a guy, get it in your hand. Now the next thing you could do is you can build an annex and you need to have the card in your hand. So these annexes, these different characters have different abilities. And again, you have to pay this much in cost. So if I wanted to build this guy, now he's in my hand, now I can build an annex. And it does a couple of things. It now have a new special ability. And I also can now stick three bodies under this. Because remember, you start with a rank one annex. You can only have one body under there. Again, you discard cards. And then any peasants go there. Any other cards that you use will go here. Now, there are cards that have a special ability with the building. And so this character here, you can see they have shovels. If you use a shovel to help pay to build an annex, again, these go right back into your hand. So you can reuse them later. Next thing you can do is you can kill a guest. You kill a guest out here. And again, it's the cost. You pay this cost. So I pay one card to kill him, three to kill the archbishop, and so on. And there are cards, again, that have here guns. And so you can see these guys are just sort of law enforcement officials. They always have the guns. The law enforcement officials also don't have an annex. So I'll talk about more about these guys in a minute. But again, if you pay, let's say I wanted to uh, kill this guy here, three, cost me three cards. And if I use these three cards to do it, then I would have to discard these two. This one I would get back into my hand because he has the special ability with the gun. And when you kill a guy, you're going to take him here. Let's say we killed the archbishop. And then we're going to flip him over. And you can see it shows the rank there on the back. It's the same rank, of course, that's on the front. And you'll notice the little dollar amount here. This is showing you how much money you're going to get or how much you're going to steal from him once you bury him. And this amount is also there. So you're going to stick him and put him in front of you. Now the final action you can do is to bury uh, the body. And so this, you can see, you can bury one body here. And again, the cost to bury these is the rank. You still need to discard cards to get some folks to help you get rid of the body. And there is, oh, here we go. These guys here with the little, um, these are always church folks. Uh, you'll get them back when you use them in an action to bury the body. And so once you bury the body in an annex, you're going to get, excuse me, that much money on the track. 
Now, it is possible, and sometimes it's worth doing, and I'll explain more of that in the review, you can bury somebody's body uh, into somebody else's annex, and there might be a reason that you do that. When you do that, you split the cost with them. You split the, not the cost, but you split the reward with them. So that's something you gotta consider. Now, the last thing that you can do is pass. So let's say I was the yellow player, I was up here, I don't know, to 36, and I know that I'm capped at 40, so I can take an action, pass, and I can drop down basically in denominations of 10. So let's say I'll drop all the way down to six. And then in that case, I'll take three checks. And so I've now I've laundered that money. And so everybody's gonna take two actions. So starting with the start player, one action, one action, one action, come back around, everybody takes one more action. And then you're gonna look here at who's left in the guest house. Uh, it could be any number of players. And anybody that's left in a room that has your color key, you're gonna get a buck for. But you're also gonna to have to pay a dollar for any guests that are remaining in your hand. If you cannot pay for them, let's say you get back down here to zero, you'll have to discard guests that you couldn't pay for. So in this case, I have three guests. If I only had two bucks, I'd have to spend that and then get rid of one of these guests and discard them. Again, peasants go here and then the normal guests go in the exit pile. So you're gonna play through the deck twice. Uh, once you go through the deck once, you reshuffle, deal them out again, and then you'll play until you have less cards than there are players in the game. So if we're playing a three-player game and you only had three cards, you'd still play that round out. Now, the game gives you a sort of setup. I haven't played solitaire yet, but you can play solitaire and you can play like a short game or a long game. And this is the amount of cards you take out. So in a three-player game, if you want to play the short game, you take 28 random cards out of the guest deck or 16. And that's how that goes. And then at the end, whoever has the most money is the winner. Now there's one last thing that is crucial to the game, especially the, maybe the first couple of times you play it. So if I killed somebody, let's say I just killed this guy here. And then at the end of the round, if there was a law enforcement official up and available, they're going to be on the hunt because they're suspicious. And I'm going to have to discard this body to the guest pile before I've got its reward. Because you have to have it buried. If it's buried, you're fine. But if there's a law enforcement official out here, you have to discard the body and then lose 10 bucks. So probably just lose a check or 10 bucks on the board here. And the same will come into play at the end of the game. If you end the game after that second time through the deck, then the same thing, you've gotta bury these bodies or you're gonna lose money and lose the bodies. Now that's it, it's very simple, um, but there's actually some decent amount of strategy and nuance and sort of trickery that you can do with the game. So let's talk about that. Okay, so that is the bloody inn. And what do I think about it? Well, I'm pretty sure I said at the beginning, I kind of didn't like it. And then I kind of warmed up to it. And that was the case for my group. We've been playing this at lunch at my work group. I had a great time with it the uh, last couple of days. But it's very sort of different um, to get into. I know the first time we played it, we played the short game. And that is a very abbreviated play. You get through that deck a little quicker than you would like. Um, now you can still have the rug pulled out from underneath you in the long game if you're not careful. You've gotta be very careful about when the end of the game is coming because your actions are very limited. You've got two actions and you've gotta be very wary again, remember, of the police officers that are around uh, that are gonna hopefully find your body. So if you're trying to maybe like build this really cool annex with this cool special ability, but you also wanna you know, kill this high value uh, guy because you, know, you wanna take all his money because he's got a lot of money on him, you gotta kinda weigh that and weigh you know, what's better. Uh, so I would recommend, my recommendation is to play the short game just to kinda learn the game because it is, 
very different style of game because the cards can do really so much. Uh, you can kill them, <laughs> you can get them into your hand, and you can use them for their little icons at the top to get, you know, kind of reuse them. I mean, for example, one thing you can do is maybe you build a building that lets you bury them for one cheaper. So if it's a rank two, you can build them or bury them for just one card. But then in your hand, you have some police officers. So instead of worrying about them actually catching you, you hire them, so to speak, you recruit them and you use them and they have the guns, remember, so you can play them, kill like a rank two or three guy, and then you get them right back. So you can kind of reuse that again and again and again. Of course, they're not gonna help you be able to bury them. So you need, you know, grave diggers or, uh, you know, the church folks to help you with that or just the peasants. So because the cards have a lot of these uses for the special abilities, you know, you can get the money out of them, you can build them for the annex that they come with, which is gonna give you, you know, different abilities and things that you can do to sort of short circuit some of the basic parts of the game. There's a lot to really consider. And then you really have to be very aware of the actions and how many cards players have to do things. Uh, you don't wanna get caught, you know, killing somebody the first thing in the round and there's three police on the board and you're playing a three-player game and the other two players are like cool you can sit with that because we're not going to get rid of the police we're not going to hire them or kill them ourselves because they're going to come and find you uh you know and then you got to discard the body you wasted it now you lost 10 bucks so that hangs like a heavy 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 hand over the game uh but it's really cool it makes a lot of sense it works thematically um so you've got to be very cognizant, I said that word a lot, cognizant, cognizant about the discreteness of all the actions. It's very, you know, one, 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 everybody takes one action, one action, one action. And a lot of that times is just getting cards into your hand so you can pay for other stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of the cards, they cost zero. The, the peasants cost zero. And actually, I should say, when you do the recruit action on the peasants, you can actually just take two of them if they're there, because they are limited. Um, there's even a card that you can build, uh, it costs three to build, but when you go to do the recruit action, take the peasants, you can take four at a time, which is huge. I mean, I actually had that one like in the first, I think I built it maybe in the third round of turned and I just abused it. And I, I, well, I had a huge lead and then somebody almost caught me, but it was, I abused the heck out of it. And because getting those four peasants, when I go to recruit them, uh, you know, it's huge because I can pay for anything I want. But again, they're in my hand and you got to pay for them at the end of the round. That's the other consideration as well. Um, so, the deal of the cards, because remember you take some out of the deck, is going to really change it up. If that Brewer card, which is the one that lets you take four Peasants, isn't in the deck, you can't count on that, or it could be at the bottom of the deck. So maybe you can build them, you know, at towards the end of the first half of the deck, but you're not going to get as much use out of them, uh, you know, because you're only going to play with them for about half a game. So maybe you just kill him and <laughs> take his money, because he's, you know, he's a high dollar, he's a three cost. Um, but some of the other ones that are, you know, there's like kind of those one shot, more rare cards that are in there. You can kind of go and get those and sort of build up. And then you want to get some annexes out, you know, for multiple reasons, for the special abilities, but also you need places to stick the bodies. And that's the other thing I was going to mention was, you know, why would you ever stick a body in somebody else's annex? Because you're, you're splitting the money. Why wouldn't you build them in their own? Well, if you fill up their annex and they can't bury a body and the cop is around, you know, they're like, well, I was planning to bury the body on my second action this turn because there's a cop out here, but you took up my spot. You know, you wouldn't do that with a high dollar one. You do it with like a little $8 one. Yeah, we each get four, 
but it's not that much difference. I'm not going to do it with a $26 one and give up, you know, 13 out of that, you know, so you have to kind of weigh that. You do that usually with the lower value ones. That's a really cool mechanic. We, we figured that out because we weren't doing it at all. We're like, why would I ever bury a body in your thing? I'm giving you money. But it's like, oh, I can screw you. <laughs> then you're going to lose the body. The cops are going to find you. Or not even that. I mean, I just take up a slot and you've got to build a new annex to put any more bodies in. So it's very nasty. And it kind of, that kind of fits the theme, though. Uh, so it's got a lot of those reuse, you know, card reuse uh, mechanics, but very different, very, very different from any of these other games like that. I mean, I'd put it probably like on the similar weight of like a San Juan or something, but it plays out completely differently uh, and very interesting. Uh, so there are some variants. I should talk about those. The one is you can play without the whole laundering money. So if once you hit 40, you just take four checks and then kind of reset and then, you know, just add the money that way. That's actually pretty interesting. Now, it's not super clear on the rules what you do when you sort of have to pay for your, you know, the cards in your hand after you sort of, you've looped and now maybe you're at like 42 bucks. You've only got two bucks and the rest of it's in checks. I mean, do you, do you turn the check in or do you still have to pay for and maybe lose cards in hand? Now we played it with like, well, let's add a little bit of like tension to, you know, the amount of money in, in a sort of hand management part of it. So we left that in. Now I think you could play it with either way. It doesn't really matter. But definitely taking that out of having to sort of waste that action to launder your money is, is a game changer. It doesn't change the game like at its core. But it's definitely that you, you one less thing that you have to worry about is like, oh, I really wanted to do this, but well, if I bury this guy, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to get like a third of you know what I would have gotten. But I've got to now pass and launder the money, and that's going to screw up my plans, you know. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff to really uh, consider. Um, and then the other variant. So I'm sorry, I was having a little bit of a brain fart here is the oh that's right the random deal of the card sometimes uh you'll be able to replace the keys out on the board and you put like a little room service tokens out to get money uh you know that comes into play a little bit but if you i would say definitely for your first game or two just randomly deal the cards out and don't worry about those too much uh, i think it will add a little bit of too much ap the first few times you play it but we definitely play where the start player puts them out discreetly you can see the next card in the deck but you can say, okay, well, I'll put this one here. Okay, that's the next card. And I can see that being a little bit AP prone early in the game when players don't really know the cards. But once you play it a few times, you'll be able to get it. It doesn't take very much time to do that. Uh, I really enjoy the game. And like I said, I kind of grew to enjoy it. Very wonky, awkward at the beginning, but cool theme, you know, horrible theme, but interesting funny we we were telling stories about all the different people you know like the brewer you know he's getting all the peasants drunk and he's doing they're getting to do all his work for him whereas billy over there he's got the police force working for him it's the corrupt police force they're killing other cops you know and you can you can go for different strategies or sometimes you'll get points from some of those three cost buildings uh based on the number of uh guests of a certain color that are in the exit deck so there are some different ways to win and stuff but it is also very tactical as well okay definitely take a look at it thanks